Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Hey, contractors, welcome back to Beyond the Tools. In this week's episode, I speak with Megan Bedford, who is the founder and chairwoman of Desk Free Nation. Megan has a really interesting background because she started working with home services way back when she was doing advertising sales for the Yellow Pages. But then she started her own agency focused exclusively on home services companies and franchises. She grew that company, merged it with another digital agency, And in 2017, she sold it to Scorpion. In 2018, she founded Desk Free Nation, which essentially is all about helping with the labor shortage and being able to show young people the benefits of working with the trades and what a fantastic, fulfilling career it can be. So in today's interview, we have a great chat about what she's seen as she's transitioned essentially from being in the agency world to working inside her clients' businesses when it comes to their marketing and the bigger picture items that come along with that and setting yourself up for success. We also talk about how you can work with your marketing team a little bit better, whether they are an agency or in-house or consulting firm. And then we dive into how you really need people, of course, to be able to fuel that growth. So we talk about how to make your company more attractive to new untapped markets when it comes to labor, and also how you can get involved so that more young people are considering the trades. And instead of being reactive, you're being proactive about a solution to this huge problem that we've talked about a lot on this show. So without further ado, let's go right over to Megan. Megan, I am so thrilled to have you here on the Beyond the Tools podcast. I'm excited to be here. So I know you moved from, you know, running an agency that worked with home service and contracting businesses. And now a lot of the work that you do is alongside or even inside a client's business. What would you say has been like the biggest shift or the biggest difference for you in that work and what you're able to do now versus then? Yeah. So, so much Um, on the agency side, you know, when I was talking to a client, I was really analyzing numbers. So ROI, KPIs, what's working, what's not. But when you're in internally in a business, you get such a different view because what you don't focus so much on the agency side is what happens to that lead when it comes in after. And so what I'm able to see is, okay, well, how are we performing with booking these calls now? And what does that look like? And I'm not just focusing on the digital marketing so much. It's really like this big picture 
of what the company wants to accomplish. And I'm able to kind of work with other agencies um, to fit in all the pieces. So really going from holding, you know, before I used to be the one held accountable and now I get to hold everybody else accountable. (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, definitely a shift there, I'm sure. And I guess, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are working with agencies or consultants. How can they set up that marketing team for success? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest challenges that I've seen in the industry is that a lot of home service companies are great at running their business. and But when it comes to SEO and pay-per-click and LSAs and all of these marketing terms, it's become very complicated in a lot of ways. And so for them, you know, if an agency tells you something's working, you kind of say, okay, I believe you, but do you really know? And, and I think every time you watch, you know, I used to witness kind of home service companies go, go from one agency to another. And every time you have to make that switch, it kind of takes you back 10 steps. So how can you avoid that? You know, how can you partner up with a company that you can rely on and know that's really going to do their job? And then do you have someone in place to kind of hold them accountable as well? So the first kind of advice that I offer any home service company is know your numbers first, because you can't you will have no clue what's working and what's not for your business if you don't have tracking lines in place and you don't have a clear picture of what is giving you a return on investment and what's what's not. Um, it's really hard to make decisions without data. So, you know, when you're partnering with an agency, I'm very skeptical of partnering with agencies that don't have experience in home services. When you compare a home service business to an attorney, let's say, an attorney could get one job for the whole year and do, you know, that's it. We're a lead generation business. You need to have constant leads come in, especially if you're a bigger company. And that supply chain of leads is so important that an agency really can make or break you, especially if you don't have, you know, if if you haven't been in that marketplace for a long time and you're really relying on a lot of new people to come in, um, new customers. So the first advice is, Partner with somebody that has experience in home services. Partner with somebody that has a track record that you can talk to other clients and see, talk to them and see other performances. You might not want to partner with the same agency for pay-per-click and LSAs and SEO and social. A lot of companies that I come across have specialties and one of them may be SEO. And you don't have to be with the same agency for all of them. And I think to expect that from an agency is, um, I, I don't know if we can expect, it would be like someone expecting you to be the best at everything too. We all have things that we specialize in. So those are some like high level things that I would look at in an agency. When it comes into an in-house marketing person, that can be harder, right? Because finding somebody that understands home services and all the different ways to bring in leads can be challenging. And I know that's that's hard. A lot of the owners handle it themselves. So we can expand on that. But uh, definitely somebody that understands home services is important. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, I love that point about a lot of agencies specialize in different things, because I get calls all the time, you know, we specialize in lead generation on social media. So I'll get calls about, 
you know, SEO or can you fix my website and all this stuff. And I mean, I'd love to be able to do it all. But I think if you work with an agency that is really focused in one area, that's how you can get the best results in that particular channel. Yeah. And I, and I also get the question all the time, you know, a lot of agencies won't take on a company that has a website built by another company. And they always ask me, why won't they? You know? And I said, because it's really hard to go in and fix other people's problems. You know, if you're running SEO and the site is not built correctly, uh, the site map and the navigation and you know, you can fix content, but a lot of companies would rather just start over and build the correct navigation from the start. So that's another thing. You can't expect someone to take your crappy website and then make it function great. And that's a misconception. And and now that I've been on both sides, I can honestly say, yeah, I, I agree with that in a lot of ways. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So now that you're working in the consulting side of things and looking at that bigger picture. I know you mentioned booking rates. Is that one of the biggest bottlenecks that you work on with a lot of your clients? Um, Booking rate is a big thing. You know, thanks to the pandemic and home services, I mean, a lot of companies are up, you know, we've had really, really strong years, but I think the biggest issue will always be around recruiting and lack of technicians. I feel like it's always this ongoing thing a lot of the times, you know, I see where you have to shut down electrical or something because you don't have enough technicians. So marketing and headcount goes hand in hand. If you don't have the headcount, you can't really handle more leads. So it all goes into the same funnel, right? As, as a business owner. So it's making sure. And I, and I think I'm going to back up for a second because I think we all can tend to be reactive in these situations. Like, oh, I'll react when the phones aren't ringing or I'll react when I lose the text. Um, You should always be recruiting and you should always be preparing for a downturn or recession or meaning look at yourself now. In in the quiet times, like this was a great time during the pandemic If at first to like take a step back and look at your business. Would you, if you were doing a search for a plumber in your area, would you pick up the phone and call yourself? do you look appealing? Are your reviews good? Um, if you were looking to go work for a new plumbing agency, go to your careers page, would you pick up the phone and apply there? So it's, I'm really trying to be like my, my biggest thing that I try and tell people is don't be reactive, always be working on your SEO and your presence and your reviews and your recruiting on an ongoing basis. And yes, your internal functions are extremely important, but everything goes together. I don't think you can put one thing in as being more important than, than another. Yeah. And I mean, you can't grow if you don't have the people there to be able to fulfill the work and the leads that you're driving. Yeah. So Megan, I know you have a huge in-depth expertise in email marketing. And I always say email is like one of the most underrated tools what have you seen in terms of missed opportunities when it comes to email marketing for your clients? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because when I owned my agency, I didn't focus on, we didn't focus on email marketing at all. And it was more like an internal thing for a shop to do. And I have definitely made that a priority 
since Service Titan launched Marketing Pro, it makes it super easy because the database is already in there. So for my clients, email marketing is an absolute. It's a great way to follow up with your existing customers, especially if you're a multifaceted business and you offer you know, electrical, plumbing, HVAC. Uh, many of those customers have maybe only used you for one of those services. So one is an auto drip campaign. So I, I call it my salesperson that's able to follow up with a customer without having a whole sales team calling because many of you guys don't have a sales team. So what I mean by an, a drip campaign is let's say you have an estimate that you've given out for HVAC and you didn't hear back from the customer. You can build this drip campaign that follows up first to say, hey, thanks for using us for allowing us to give you an estimate. And then maybe five days later, you say, hey, just to remind you, we offer 0% financing. We've got great reviews. This is what our customers say about us. You should pick up the phone, call us. And then let's say you still haven't closed that estimate or haven't booked that job. Another seven days might go by and you send them an offer that they can't resist to say, hey, last time I'm going to follow up with you, um, here's 10% off your install or something. So drip campaigns, that's something you you set up once. It's automatically going out to kind of those open unsold estimates and you'll be, you'll be amazed at how much business that brings in. And then just being able to reach out to them on a monthly basis, whatever's going on, whether it's a reminder for a tune-up or you know a special holiday or something educational that's just for them and it's not salesy. I can't emphasize how important this is. A, a cost per lead will be as low as $8 on email marketing. And it's that constant reminder to your existing customer base, I'm here. I'm not going away. These are the things we offer so that when they do have that need for your business, they're going to be like, oh yeah, just got an email from them. I'm going to pick up the phone and call. So I am a huge fan of email marketing and I can't say enough about it. Yeah, that's so important. I think a lot of, as business owners, oftentimes we're focused on the new and the shiny and just trying to get people in the door, but you forget that you've got this customer base that probably are going to use you again and again, or at the very least refer you to other people. Yes. So with Desk Free Nation, I guess, what what are you guys doing to be able to help with that major issue of not having enough techs and, and not having the supply of labor? So Desk Free Nation was um, started, this is when I was still on the agency side, and I remember talking to a business owner and they said, you know, Megan, I do more marketing with your company. We just don't have the technicians. And I just thought to myself that day, well, who's doing anything about this? You know, who's really solving the issue? Because I was just watching all these companies recruit from other companies. And that's just putting a bandaid over. It's not solving the issue, which is young people aren't entering the skilled trades. So, you know, I'm a little tenacious at times. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to start this. So I started, formed a board. We started um, Desk Free Nation and we really didn't know where we were going to go. We started on a national level. And the idea was to, to use storytelling to get kids interested in the skilled trades. Fast forward, pandemic happens. We have to regroup. Really not a great time to go fundraise for something. And then a grant fell on my lap to build out these career simulation games in the skilled trades. And I thought that is super cool to be able to get the skilled trades back into local schools, you know, from elementary up 
and get young kids at least exposed to the idea of being a plumber or an electrician or an HVAC te- technician or a welder. And um, so these are in the works. So that's that's kind of our first initiative is first, we have to get kids interested, right? We have to show them that the trades even exist. Because if you talk to a lot of kids that have never been exposed to the trades, they they wouldn't even really know anything about them. So that's first. And then let's be real. There's a big stigma that surrounds the skilled trades with parents and um, kids. And, you know, I would say school counselors are less now. They, they're very interested by the skilled trades, but definitely the influencer are being a parent. So how do we show the success and awesome careers these are to young people and parents? Well, we got we to gotta show them uh, stories of people that are actually experiencing these jobs they're educated and they have, they're having great success and they don't have any debt. So those are some of the things um, we're working on right now. And I'm really excited about where it goes this year. But I think without that younger funnel, with the amount of baby boomers that are going to be retiring, the skilled trades, as we all know, are in trouble. We've seen it for years and it's getting worse. So um, we're not going to fix the problem anymore by you know taking text from one company to another. We have to um, really go inward and fix this problem from um, getting new blood into the trades. Yeah, absolutely. And I know one of our past guests, Aaron Gaynor, talked about in exchange of labor, right? Like you're not creating anything new, you're just kind of taking from your competitors. So I love the idea of trying to build up that supply and that interest early. So with your simulators, is this like literally I put on a headset and now I'm a plumber, I'm in a house, I'm fixing a drain kind of thing? Yeah, it's an Oculus headset that you're going to be able to download these games on. And you put on the headset and you're immediately in a house. So our environment is is a home. And maybe your first task is to go fix a leaky faucet. And then once you've done that, you can go on and uh, install a ceiling fan or install a USB outlet. And then you might have to go in and tune up a furnace. So giving them a real, and you're picking the tools up, you're literally picking the tools up that you would use for that job and doing it. So a young person would have this sense of pride and accomplishment and say, you know, did you even like that? Was that something that interested you? And then it's finding, once you have this interest level, it's then funneling these young people to places where they can either go to technical school and learn a trade, or they could actually go direct to a company and become an apprentice. So it's making those connections too. So it's very exciting, but I think the stigma and the interest is first, and then working on this system flow with shops and and local technical schools. Yeah, that brings up an interesting point, I think, in that, you know, we've had some guests on the show, um, Chad Peterman, for example, who started a trade school at their company. And obviously, if you're a big company, you've got a, a big team, like that's one way that you can do this. But what about in your experience, some of the smaller companies or even companies that don't really want to go down that path? How can they make that connection with 
young people or even, um, you know, I know you've talked about like restaurant workers or women, like all these untapped labor markets. How can they make those connections? I think it's good timing right now because there was a time, you know, I think during the pandemic, a lot of people took a step back and thought about their careers and thought about, you know, do I really want to do this anymore? I've heard of people in the restaurant business going into the skilled trades and having great success. And a lot of that is, you know, when you story tell about the trades, you need to tell those stories too of people that have transitioned into other careers, not just young people that are having great success. There's many women having, uh, if you just go on Instagram and start looking at some of these young women that are in the skilled trades, they are they're loving it and there's nothing that they can't do. And I just, I find it so inspiring. I just spoke to this gal who was an English teacher for 10 years. She comes from a family of educators and um, she was, she was done. She was, she was burnt out, tired. She started thinking about careers. She's like, I like working with my hands. I think I'd really like to learn a skilled trade. She looked into plumbing, the potentials with plumbing. Um, then she started to call companies and interview them, see if they'd offer an apprenticeship. She found one. She found a great fit. And she's almost two years into her apprenticeship. She, her goal is to become a master plumber, maybe start her own business. And I'm like, that is a cool story. Those are the stories that I want to tell the people. Because as a parent, hearing that, you're going to say, oh, my gosh, that sounds like my kid. I could see my kid doing that now, you know? Yeah. And, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. Right. It's definitely part of that. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess looking at that then and the work you're doing with Desk Free Nation. So how do companies get involved? How do they take advantage of this, you know, interest that you're creating? So I think this year our games should be ready to launch in the next month or so. So, we're going to have opportunities for companies to partner um, and sponsor headsets to get into schools, to put a sponsorship in the game at a local level if you want to. But then raise your hand also and say, look, I can do a ride and decide in my shop, or I have a great apprenticeship in my shop. Because um, the goal is to build across the nation um, places once there is an interest with young people that they have these resources of where they can go, um, whether it's a school or it's a local shop and school counselors are desperate for that information where to send kids that could be a good fit for the skilled trades right now. So if you feel like you have that ability and capability right now, I would say even without somebody like us, go into a school and ask if you can talk to kids, make that connection now because you never know what it will turn into. Also, I, I heard this story of this guy. This is how he does most of his recruiting. He goes to gas stations and t- just talks to people all the time about, hey, you know, and I don't know why he goes to gas stations, but I guess he's found a ton of technicians that way. But for me, it's about, can you get involved in a career fair in your community, talking to people and, and letting them know that, you're in the community and you have great opportunities where people can learn a skill for life. I think so many times we don't, you know, I think so many times we just go about our business and I know we're all busy and 
especially when you own a home service business, you're so busy. But if you don't take that step back and work on that like fundamental recruiting aspect and make some inroads, it's it's going to be a lot more challenging growing that business down the line. Definitely. So looking forward to, you know, the future talent and, you know, new generations in a lot of cases, how does a contracting business make their workplace more attractive? Because I think a lot of times, you know, they, they think about their operations, they think about growing the business, but they're not really thinking about that culture or how they, how they, how they make their workplace more attractive to new people coming in. Yeah. I think a lot of business owners are in this old mindset of like, well, people have to adapt to to my ways. (laughs) It's like, Nope, not this generation. We have to adapt to them. So what I found after interviewing a lot of younger people, what do they want? They want a little flexibility. I'm I'm seeing a lot of younger people wanting to work four days on, three days off. And the right fit of a company will allow you to do that. So flexibility is one thing that is really important to this younger generation. The idea that they have a pathway to their future, a clear path to success is really important. Like, what does this look like five years down the line? You know, and and as far as, and learning, are they in a learning environment where they're learning something? I think that's one of the things they love about what they're doing is they're learning so much every day. And then what, you know, a lot of the females that I've interviewed you know, I've asked them about an environment where they're around men mostly. And most of them have, have found themselves in wonderful environments where they feel safe and really comfortable, you know, where there's not been any issues. And I think that's great. And I would expect that. I would expect that anywhere you work. So, and I think you're going to see a lot more women in this industry where you won't be the only woman in a shop anymore, but there'll be many women in the shop. So I'm finding that flexibility is important, a sense of belonging, the ability to learn, and then kind of a clear path, what that looks like for them are are all really important things. And of course, just environment. Yeah, I think those are really practical things. Yeah, that anybody listening could. Yeah, absolutely. And like, the chefs that I've talked to that have transitioned, you know, people that have been in the restaurant business, what's really cool is they went from working nights their whole life and not being around their kids. And now to have this ability to work like a regular hour job and be able to be with their family at night, they're so appreciative of that. So it's it's like these little things that people were just fed up with. And to be able to go transition this other career that fits kind of their family needs is feels so good. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, one of my account managers, Kelsey, she's awesome. And she came from food and beverage. And it's like, evenings and weekends off? Like, what yeah. do I do with all this time? Yeah. <laughs> my shift ends when you say it ends? Really? <laughs> and just not having to bring your job home with you. You know, like once you're off that job site, um, and you finish your job for the day, you're not really bringing it home with you. And for some, that feels wonderful, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's funny how you mentioned environment as well, because I'm, I'm in a couple HVAC groups on Facebook and I know there's one woman, one woman tech in there that posted and she was like, 
you know, like, how do you guys use the bathroom during your workday? Like, do you ask your customers if you can go in? And I think something as simple as using the bathroom is something that, you know, maybe their employer isn't really thinking about as part of their right. regular day, right. you know? That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. No. <laughs> Awesome. So Megan, I know that anybody listening is definitely going to want to hear more about what you're up to both on the consulting side, as well as with Desk Free Nation. So where's the best best place for them to learn more about you? Um, all my contact information is on Desk Free Nation. I don't have a website for my consulting company. Megan Bedford under LinkedIn has my contact information as well. But literally all my information is right on deskfreenation.org. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.